Uh, how's everybody doing? It's good to see you guys. It's just so good to see you guys. I am uh, I just, not only was I kind of overwhelmed with just the, how the prayer went today, but I'm just so honored um, to be your pastor. I, I just, it's such a blessing. Every once in a while during worship, it, it just strikes me that I can't believe what God has done um, through Shine Church, and it's just amazing. And I just want to thank you for being you. Thank you. That's just awesome. Yes, give yourself a hand. I love that. Um, hey, we're in a series called Unhindered, and I want to thank Darren. I'm pretty sure he's probably not watching via live stream. They went to Mexico. Um, I told him, I need to be able to go to Mexico after every time I preach, and they won't vote that in, so I don't know what that means. But uh, he did such an incredible job talking about fear and how um, it really keeps us bound. Um, you know, I know that many of us, if not all of us, have already heard um, that illustration about the elephant being tied to the stake. But man, it really is, uh, it's just one of those weird things when you really think about it, that this huge elephant weighing tons and tons that could rip that stake out in just a heartbeat. I mean, just, just a quick little move. He's been just programmed in his brain because of the fear that he had when he was just this little baby elephant stuck to that stake and tied to it and not getting out. And the way that Darren tied that into fear and how fear hinders us. And again, this series is called Unhindered. I thought he just did a, a tremendous do- job. Um, we have a great teaching team here. I'm just so blessed and so blown away by that. Um, and in the first week, if you remember, we talked about insecurity. And my challenge to you was to take the th- insecure thoughts that all of us have. There's not a single person in this room that is exempt from having um, thoughts of insecurity, but to take those thoughts and to actually bring them before God and just say, hey, God, how do you want me to think about this thing? And I hope that you've been doing that. I hope that you've been trying to apply that. And so um, I'm going to ask kind of a bold question right now. I will see, you know, everything like I've said from the very, very beginning, it's an experiment, but I just want to see... Um, in the last two weeks, speaking about insecurities, speaking about fear, has God given you any, any particular revelation that you would be willing to share with us uh, before I jump into week three? Anyone at all? It always is the first one. Right. We're bringing the mic to you, James. There you go. I've been feeling the Lord leading me to uh, just start my own ministry, but... Um, really having a hard time making that start. So my husband asked me this last week, like a week ago after you asked that, um, are you not starting because of fear? And I'm like, no, I'm busy. That's it. And I meant it at that time. Like that was what I really thought. And it took 24 hours later and the Lord just touched me and showed me it was fear and insecurity. It was through a circumstance of s- several people around me just speaking to me. And I went, oh, it is fear and insecurity. And how different it was once I could acknowledge it was fear and insecurity and begin to face that. Like, that's given me the tenacity to go forward instead of keeping me captive. And you know what I love about that is that your husband actually called that out. You know, we've been talking about pulling the gold out of one another with regards to giftings and purposes and plans and that kind of thing. But, uh, you know, as a teaching team, we were talking through this series. Man, what if God could use each one of us, to actually pull out some of those things, even with our insecurities and fears, and to help us gently, help us gently recognize just a simple question, which then you had to ponder for a little bit, but then you realized, oh my gosh, I didn't even realize 
that these things were there, but they are there. Love that. Somebody else? Right over here. Short and sweet. I have a degree in English literature. Um, God wants me to be a full-time novelist, even though I haven't made any money at it yet. So I'm going to do that. (laughs) (laughs) Amen. (laughs) Thank you. Okay, so... So was, was fear and insecurity kind of holding you back? Yeah. good husband and good friends who've been sort of yelling in my ear for my entire life, hey, uh, you don't have great luck when it comes to getting conventional jobs, and you don't like them when you get them, and yet you're amazing <laughs> at this one thing that none, none of us can do, so why don't, we're going to support you, and stop doing that thing you're bad at and hate. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so let me say this, let me say this to you. Not only is your husband behind you, but we're behind you. And if there's any way Shine Church can help you in going through this, please let us know. Communicate to us, and we want to come alongside you. Uh, I really feel, I've told many people this. I don't know if you've heard this from me. I really feel like God put in my heart that I'm supposed to come alongside people and help them become great at the thing that God has put in them. And so we want to help you become great in that. And if this series has been pulling out the boldness to step out in that, I love that. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. That's good. Love that. Anybody else? Right here? Um, I'm always fearful to step out and get involved and do things. So (laughs) God's been talking to me a lot. And... He said, it's time to get off that sofa and start getting out, getting involved in, in Bible study and groups to get together and mentor, mentoring. And I've been praying about that because I'm still very afraid of that. And I'm asking God when I'm ready and when you can show me and I know that I need to depend on your Holy Spirit to guide me open that door. Hmm. And and I'm still afraid, so. (laughs) Appreciate your vulnerability on that. And I'm going to say the same thing. We're behind you. As a matter of fact, I I think your husband would agree with me on this, but we see um, giftings in you. And and we totally think as you step out in this, this is exactly what God has for you. You have a lot of wisdom that a lot of people can... uh, glean from, um, and uh, younger ladies in here, this would be an incredible woman to talk to. Um, and I'm going to bring them so they pull that fear right out of you and just take it out. I just love that. I love that. That's good. Let's give her a hand. It's good. I love that. And, and our, our prayer is that this series is, is um, again, it's, it's a process of maturing, church. It's not just an overnight thing that all of a sudden, you know, I'm dealing with insecurities, I'm dealing with fear, and now I'm not. Um, It is a process. It's the maturing in our belief 
in Jesus Christ. And as we mature in that, what happens is he begins to reveal certain things in our lives um, that have been hindering us. And this whole series, Unhindered, is, man, we're hoping that some of those things are cut off, that we're removed from that stake, and then we just realize, hey, you know what? We have the ability to actually rip away from that stake. As a matter of fact, I would encourage you with this. Maybe it's not as hard as you think. Just take a step, and that spike might just come right out of the ground. But it's amazing how the insecurity and the fear keeps us from stepping out. All right, so what are we going to do? When we, uh, where are we going to go from here? I, here's what I put in my notes. Once we recognize that we have insecurities and we have fears in our lives, what, what is it that we do? And so I started praying through that question, and I started asking God, what do you want me to bring? And I really felt like um, he, he wanted me to talk about vulnerability. Vulnerability. And I want to read a couple scriptures to you before I jump in. James 5.16 says this. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. Now, I, I want to remind everybody what sin is. Sin is not this super evil thing that, that we do. It can be evil. Don't get me wrong. Absolutely. But just to get everybody on the same page again, sin is a, an archery term. So if I put a target on the back wall there and I had a bow and arrow and I went to stretch and I tried to hit the bullseye, if I didn't hit dead center bullseye, if I hit anywhere outside of that bullseye, if I hit the wall, if I just hit at the outer edge, anywhere that I hit, even if I hit really close to the bullseye, but I'm like right over here, that is called a sin, okay? And it's really just missing the mark. If you look into it, study it out, what you'll, what you'll learn when the Bible uses sin a lot, it uses the term or you look up the word sin, it means miss to miss the mark. And so would you agree with me that insecurity and fear create a situation where we miss the mark? Would you agree with that? And so when, and when it says confess your sins to each other, I, I wonder if people have this mindset of, oh man, I have to tell these really ugly, nasty sins. That's what he's speaking of. I, I don't think that. I think what he's saying is anywhere that you miss the mark, you need to speak those things out and not just to God, but we're actually supposed to speak them out to one another. We're supposed to do it to one another. And man, this whole, the last, you know, five, six weeks has been about the body of Christ and how do, we, how do we live life together? Well, I would submit to you that one of the things that we need to do is we need to be vulnerable with one another. And confessing our sins, boy, I can't think of much, uh, a much more vulnerable thing to do than to do that, yeah? And James says, therefore, confess, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The promise to this is, that when we confess these things, I, I believe that you just saying that and having the boldness and the courage to say that in front of a whole room is going to release you to be healed of that. Amen. Amen. And it's going to be a good. And there's going to be a boldness and courage, not only to be able to grab the mic and speak that way, but it's going to set you to a course and you writing. Absolutely. You're just letting it go. You're speaking those things. When we confess to one another, the promise of that verse is that then we, we become healed. And I think, again, we think about sickness because we often relate healing to sickness. But how about this? How many of you would love to be healed of your insecurity and fears? So we're going to have three lines up here. We're just confessionals. And we're just going to go for it. 
Now we won't. But what if we did? You know, I grew up Catholic, and I've said this from time to time. Um, there's a lot of things that the Catholic Church, there's been man-made religion in the middle of that. And it's, draw, it, it's driven me to a place where I say, um, if you go to my Facebook profile or something like that, you'll see on there, I hate religion, but I love my relationship with Jesus. Okay? It, it, and that comes from my past, absolutely, because there was so many man-made things. But I will say this, the Catholic Church, one of the things they do is they ask their people, their parishioners, to actually come to confession, to come to confession. Now, I think that it says that we're supposed to confess sins one to another, and I don't think that you have to go to the priest, or in this case, the pastors, or I think we can confess our sins one to another. We can confess these insecurities. We can confess these fears, these things that hinder us. We confess them to one another and watch how the Holy Spirit begins to minister through those individuals and how all of a sudden the healing from those things come. Man, I want that. You guys want that? Man, I would love that. First John 1, 5 through 10 says, this is the message we have heard from him and declare to you. God is light. In him, there is no darkness at all. If we, have, if we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. I, okay, again, the darkness there. When you think about the darkness, I'm wondering what awful sins you're thinking about. And I'm just, I'm just submitting to you, could the darkness be, if I'm walking in insecurity, if I'm walking in fear and I'm not letting anybody know, am I walking in darkness? I would submit yes. And I would submit that it actually help, hinders us from actually being the light that is being spoke of here. In him, there's no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. Isn't that interesting? We have fellowship with one another. What do you guys think fellowship is? Relationship, okay. What else? Support? Sharing our lives. Getting into one another's lives. Listen, um, I think fellowship in, in, in a lot of churches, we've made it this kumbaya thing. Where it's just, oh, it's just all the love and joy and peace. Nah, 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 nah. Hey, you know what? I see fellowship and the more I'm maturing in my faith, the more I see that fellowship is sharpening one another. Fellowship is getting into one another's lives. Fellowship is actually coming in and saying, hey, listen, Brian, I, I'm not 100% sure why you said things that way, but can you explain them to me? And, and getting in and getting involved in one another so we can hear our hearts and have an understanding. Wow, um, okay, maybe I need to change. Listen, um, my wife is really good at fellowship. <laughs> Take that for a minute for just a sec. In my context... Man, she's telling me, but you know what? I've learned in the last few years, and especially this last year with this church, she has so much wisdom. And if I don't allow her to come in and show me those areas that I'm flawed in, then I'm never gonna get to the place that God wants me to be. And I just find that it's very interesting that if it says this, that it says, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, purifies us from all sin. 
If we claim to be without sin, we just deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, there it is again. If we confess our sins. Now, I would submit to you, we do confess to God, but again, he's speaking about fellowship and relationship and I'm just submitting that here's another section of scripture where it says that we need to be confessing these things one to another. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all righteousness, unrighteousness. If we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar and his word is not in us. And I don't think anybody in here is claiming to be without insecurities or without fear, but I think the enemy would love us to keep it covered and not to bring it out into the light. And I'm just challenging you and I'm asking you, We've been stirring up insecurities. We've been stirring up the issue of fear. I want you to go to the next level and I want you to step into actually confessing those things. Find some people where you confess those things, what the insecurities are, what the fears are. I'm not asking you to get up with a microphone and confess in front of everybody, but thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Who else spoke? Thank you. Because it's helpful. Yes, did everybody get helped by these three people being vulnerable? Man, it's just encouraging when somebody does that. But on an individual basis, man, find one, two, or three people that you can get in and confess these things. Galatians 6, 2, from the other side of things, says this, that we are to carry each other's burdens. Now, the word burden, there is weight. We are to carry each other's weights. Now, we're not talking workout equipment at somebody's house. Some people would be, see, you're supposed to help me move. No, that's not what we're talking about. <laughs> we're talking about the things that emotionally weigh us down. We're, th- we're talking about the things that hinder us from being all that God has called us to be. And it says this, and in this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. You will fulfill the law of Christ. Okay, so I'm going to ask a question for everybody. How do we carry one another's burdens? Suzanne? Wait, you better get her the mic. About this um, Andy Stanley message I heard about the fellowship of suffering. And it was very powerful because what he's trying to say when bad things happen to good people is that when somebody has been ex- has experienced that sadness, that loss, whatever it is, there's nothing more powerful than hearing from that person how they got through it, and that's sort of the light of God. And so to think that we have an opportunity, if we have things in common, uh, a loss of someone, um, abuse of some kind, whatever, that we, by having experienced that darkness, can bring light to it because we can heal each other that way, and it's called a fellowship of suffering. That's awesome. Okay. Somebody else, and I'm going to comment while DJ, okay. So, hey, go ahead and hand the mic to Kristen right there. But Suzanne, I just want to comment on that. Just so you know, Suzanne is the one that has the 501c3 project piece, okay? And and we want to support her, and just like I want to support anybody else that feels like they've got a purpose or call. And one of the things that she, that spurred this, correct me if I'm wrong, was the STEM shooting really kind of just, she's like, I got to get this and I got to get out there. And one of the things that she did at a golf tournament that I went to, to support her and what she was doing is she got up in front of all of these men who played golf, few women, but mostly men that were there. And she said, hey, listen, we've got to get into one another's lives. In the secular world, a bunch of firemen, policemen, and he's like, 
she was like, you got to get into one another's lives. And I totally think that one of the things that we do to carry one another's burdens is we get into one another's lives. I love that. Thank you for sharing that. And thank you for trying to do all that you can to create that. That's awesome. Yes, right here. Coming alongside each other and walking with each other through the good times and the hard and the pain and whatever somebody else is going through. Coming alongside. She's really good at it. She's really good at it. I love that. Keep encouraging her with that. Keep doing that. There, Kimmy. There. Jenny, Jennifer, right? Yep. I thought it was Kimmy for a second, but where's Kimmy? There, okay, there you go. Sorry. With the light, forgive me. Sorry. That's awesome. Yes, absolutely. Just coming alongside and, and just getting involved in one, caring for one another. Absolutely. I love what Angela said. Darren just asking a question. She was like, no, no, no. And then 24 hours later. Oh, man. He was, I mean, that's just living life together. Love it. How do we carry each other's burdens? One of the most, most important things to do when somebody is going through something is to <clears throat> listen. They want to, to, to tell what it is that's going on in their life. It's the burden, the troublesome thing, and they want you to listen. Okay, so... Listening is a huge part of this, and I totally agree with you, but I want to submit this. If you're not open to sharing, there's nothing to listen to. There's nothing to listen to. Church, let's be really good listeners, but let's also be people that are willing to go in and be vulnerable. I put in my notes this. I believe vulnerability is a powerful way to carry one another's burdens. I believe being real in front of somebody, as Suzanne said, when you share a story of maybe how you lost something, somebody else can relate to that. And when you become vulnerable, it's just amazing how God begins to use one another in each other's lives and we can carry each other's burdens as we confess those sins and we just speak these things out. So another question for you. When I say vulnerable or vulnerability, what comes to mind? Huh? Strength, okay. Somebody else. Risk. Risk. Exposure. Exposure. Brave. Brave, okay. <laughs> Brave. Let me ask it this way. If we went downtown, Castle Rock, and just got with a group of people and said, hey, describe vulnerability to me, what would they say? Weakness. What? Shame. Humiliation. Anything else come to mind? Openness. Would you say that vulnerability has a positive connotation or a negative in the world? Negative. I totally agree. And after reading the definition, I think I find myself agreeing with them. <laughs> Listen to what the definition is. The quality or state of being exposed to, to the possibility of being attacked or harmed, either physically or emotionally. I went to a different dictionary because I didn't like that one. And here's what the other definition was. Capable or susceptible to being wounded or hurt. Open to moral attack and criticism. Sign me up. 
Sign me up. The antonyms, which is the opposite, <laughs> listen to these. To be covered, guarded, protected, safeguarded, screened, secured, sheltered, and shielded. Which one do you guys want to be? <laughs> I want to be the antonym of vulnerability. But here's what I know about the kingdom of God. What's up is down. What is up is down. He said, if you want to be the greatest surf, if you want to be the first, be last. There's so many paradoxical thoughts. And here's what's super interesting to me. Those things that it says about vulnerability, it, it's scary, but here's what it does. It automatically puts me in a position where I have to trust him. Yes? It automatically puts me in a place where I have to trust him. So I would submit to you tonight that vulnerability is taking our insecurities and our fears and exposing them to the light. Taking our insecurities, our fears, and exposing them to the light. We expose them to one another. Now, I, here's my understanding of vulnerability, and here's how I, I talk about vulnerability a lot when I do weddings. I will get with couples, and I will talk about how, um, in, in particular, it says in Ephesians that the wife submits to the husband as the head of the marriage as the body of Christ submits to the Lord. And I say, hey, how does the body of Christ submit to the Lord? And I've actually taught this. I'm not going to sp spend much time. But the body of Christ submits to the Lord by sharing everything with him. Not just our prayer requests, but our joys, everything. And I look at the wife and I say, hey, listen, I believe what God is asking you to do is share everything that makes you who you are, that you open your heart and give your husband everything that you are. A little bit later, I tell the husband, you got to do the same thing for your wife. And ultimately, um, what I will say is, I'm asking you, ma'am, to be incredibly vulnerable. And I think it's scary. As a matter of fact, I've had one lady, when I was saying this, said, see, you're asking me to be the weaker partner. And from that time, when that, that person said that about 12, 15, 12 to 15 years ago, I can't remember exactly, but I changed what I talked about when I said this. Because I don't think vulnerability is a position of weakness. As a matter of fact, I would submit this, that anybody that you look up to that you highly respect, that one of the reasons you look up to them, one of the reasons you respect them is because they shared something that they struggle with, they shared some kind of secret, <clears throat> and you didn't think less of them, you thought more of them, yes? You didn't think, oh my gosh, I can't believe you shared that with me. You thought, what an honor it is that you actually trusted me with what you just shared. My understanding of vulnerability, we look up to those who are. Yes? We really do. The people who are, 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 are trying to just share who they are and they share not only their strengths but their weaknesses. Pastor John taught me this a long time ago. If you want to impress people when you're preaching, tell them your successes. If you want to impact people when you're preaching, tell them your failures. And I think that's just so true because people, when you do that, people look up and go, wow, I can't, and they come around you and they support you and they look up to you. And so I put again, we look up to those who are vulnerable, but we don't want to do it ourselves. Do we? We don't want to do it ourselves. And my prayer, my hope after tonight is that the Holy Spirit would start to spark in you 
a desire to actually go and get with other people, confess those sins one to another so that we can be walking in the light. There's, um, it's, it's very interesting. She's been out a long time, but it, it's funny because um, Rob, three weeks ago, Darren, last week, and now me, we're all quoting uh, this lady named Brene Brown. Um, and here's, she did a 20-minute TED Talk. TED Talks are talks for leadership. Um, it's, a, it's a very secular thing it, in the world that people glean a lot of leadership things from. And so she, in the middle of this TED Talk, she said something to uh, the effect of this. She said, the people who have a strong sense of love and belonging believe that they are worthy of love and belonging. And so she goes, I've done all this study, all this research, and what I have found is that the people that are strong, that they have uh, this sense that they, they, they belong and that they're supposed to be a part of things, uh, it's solely because they actually believe they belong. And she goes, it's amazing the difference because if somebody doesn't feel like they're a part or that they belong, that they're worthy, then guess what? That's how they live. And here's what I find interesting. Here in the secular world, a biblical truth is being taught which is, hey, yeah, not a single one of us is worthy, but thank God to Jesus Christ, yes? And so she starts to research what these people who believed in themselves and believed that they were worthy, she started doing research about these and what made them different than the other people, and she says this. One of the common attributes of these people was that they fully embraced vulnerability. This is not church. This is not Christians. These are people that are out in the world that have come to this place where they fully embrace vulnerability, sharing the struggles that they have. And because of that, it has actually helped them to view themselves as belonging. Oh, are you guys getting this? <laughs> because it is just so foreign. I mean, as I am sitting here talking about, thinking about it, I'm just like, dude, What? Wait, I have to be, let me read these definitions again. I have to be capable of, or susceptible to being wounded or hurt, open to moral attack and to criticism. I have to open myself up to those things in order to believe in me. Oh, I thought you guys would be shouting at this point. <laughs> Maybe I just have you thinking. I, it's, just, it's just so hard to wrap your brain around. As a matter of fact, Brene Brown actually goes in and says that that bothered her so much, she had to go into counseling. She wasn't kidding. She went to go see a therapist because she couldn't grab her brain, wrap her brain around this thought that I have to open myself up to criticism, to, to things that, I mean, it's vulnerable. I have to open myself up to these things in order to stand over here and go, I belong. And I would submit to you this, church. We need to open ourselves up to criticism, to failure, to missing the mark in order to fully understand we are worthy in him. And we need to say, God, I'm willing to be completely vulnerable to you. Whatever you need to do, it changes our perspective. We prayed earlier about this and didn't even connect it to, but what if the trial you're going through is so that God can show you a bigger piece of him? And are you willing to take that broken heart for a season in order that he could come in and make himself so much bigger, so much bigger? Mason, did you want to say something? 
Hold on, let me get the mic to you. By the way, while the mic's going, this this uh, twenty minute TED talk that she gave has been watched forty four million times. It's not just again, it's not just a a Christian idea that's hitting in churches. This is something that I think God wants us to grab a hold of and understand. And man, it's just, here's what I tell people. When truth is taught, it's truth. Whether you're a believer or not, I, I was reading um, in Matthew, uh, or sorry, in Mark earlier this week, and the disciples come to Jesus and go, hey, these people are talking about Jesus, but they're not really following, following you. They're healing people in your name, but they're not really following you. And Jesus says, yeah, let them go do it. So here's my thought. Hey, if they're teaching truth, let them go do it. Let's, let's let them go do it. Mason. Um, so that, wow. <clears throat> Something that uh, the Lord showed me a little while ago in James where it says, consider it pure joy when you face trials and persecutions of any kind. It wasn't just like when the enemy is really coming after you. Sometimes it's like when you have to open yourself up, like consider it pure joy when you're hurt by the vulnerable things because like the Lord wants to build you through that. And so going off what you're saying, like it's an upside down kingdom. Like sometimes we have to consider it pure joy that the Lord is allowing our heart to be malleable enough that he can sow seeds of like, hey, this should change. Hey, this needs to be different. That's good. So, yeah. That's really good. That's good. Um, it ties actually into the next quote. So Brene Brown said that in 2010. C.S. Lewis in 1960 wrote this in a book called The Four Loves. To love at all is to be vulnerable. To love at all is to be vulnerable. Love anything and your heart will be wrung and possibly broken. If you want to make sure of keeping it intact, you must give it to no one, not even an animal. Yes or no? Wrap it carefully round with hobbies and little luxuries. Avoid all entanglements. Lock it up safe in the casket or coffin of your selfishness. Now it starts to get a little pointy. (laughs) Oh, I don't like that. (laughs) But in that casket, safe, dark, motionless, airless, it will change. Your heart will change. It will not be broken. It'll become unbreakable, impenetrable, and irredeemable. Then he says, to love is to be vulnerable. Man, it's risky. I'm asking you, church, will you be open to risk? To actually get into one another's lives and to share with one another the things that you struggle with, the things that you're insecure, that you have fear with, the things that you've missed the mark in. And will you get with people and share those things so that, and here's the interesting thing, so that, Healing can come, and you can walk into not only this building, but any other building throughout the rest of the week and go, I'm worthy. I'm strong. I belong. Yeah, I make mistakes, but you know what? In me sharing my weaknesses, God has become incredibly strong in me. And then you can say stuff like, I'm his favorite. 
which I am, by the way. <laughs> All right. Let me give you a difference between some things that some people might be thinking about right now. Uh, there is a difference between transparency and vulnerability. And I want, you to, I want you to hear this because I think some people will actually confess sins in a transparency, but they're not being vulnerable. Grab a hold of this. Transparency is speaking about your life openly, confessing things, what's going on, the struggles that you may be facing, but then not doing anything or letting anyone speak into it. Vulnerability is speaking and sharing those things and asking people to sharpen you in those areas that are not in line with God. There are people that will tell me about circumstances. What? Let's say it again. Difference between transparency and vulnerability. Transparency is speaking about your life opening, confessing the things that you struggle with. You speak about them openly. You're an open book. You tell people what they're about, but you don't ask for any help with it. Vulnerability is asking people to sharpen those areas that you've confessed and that you've shared that are not in line with the word of God. Okay, transparency. Uh, yeah, me and my girlfriend, we're living together. Oh, well, you probably shouldn't. Well, no, I'm just exposing these things to you. I want you to be aware of that. Well, yeah, but the word of God says that that's not, it, it doesn't line up with the word of God. Well, I don't care. Okay, I mean, that's, do you see? Okay, I really, really am struggling in my marriage. Okay, well, you know what the word of God says is that you're supposed to sacrifice for your spouse and do whatever it takes to make it work out. Uh, yeah, I don't want to hear that. And so we, we, we think we're doing right. We think we're confessing by sharing these things, but then don't tell me what the word of God says about it because I really don't want to know about it. Are you guys okay? <laughs> no. <laughs> Thank you for your vulnerability. But the word of God says you need to be okay with this. Whew. It's a big difference. And don't let the enemy... Here, man, it's just... Again, I referred to the screw tape letters a couple weeks ago. But it's just like the enemy... You know, that story, the, the, again, from the demon to the mentor and how they can mani manipulate things to make you feel like you're doing good. You hear a message like this and you're like, okay, I'm gonna start sharing the things I'm struggling with. But don't, don't tell me where I'm wrong. <laughs> and the enemy would go, okay, if they wanna be transparent, then let's let them be transparent. But let's not let them get into vulnerability. And my prayer, my heart is, and I'm saying this with all love and kindness, Man, don't open up, don't confess anything if you're not willing to hear from that person what they think the word of God says about it. Because it then is just gonna give you a false sense of pride or a false sense of I'm okay. And it's just, it, it, to be honest with you, it's a trap that the enemy's trying to pull you deeper into. Man, when I'm speaking about vulnerability, I'm asking you and I'm pleading with you, will you get in involved in life with one another and confess these things and then be open to receive instruction. Because you know what 
The healing comes from not you just speaking it. The healing comes from somebody coming and saying, hey, this is how I see the word of God can shape that and change that. And again, I'm so grateful for the staff that I have around me. They, they have been given permission and they do this. They'll come in and they'll say, hey, I heard what you're saying there. It happens a lot in the teaching team. I'll say, hey, well, this is what I'm gonna say. And it's, uh, it, it can be all of them. Uh, some people go, well, yeah, I don't know because there's this verse and this verse and this verse. Ooh, I didn't even think about that. And it's amazing how we shape one another and it just gets better. It's just better. And God wants our lives to get better. God wants our lives to get more like him, yes? It says that as we go through this, well, let me read this. I, I believe that through scripture, you will see that Paul, and I didn't have time, and I knew I wouldn't have time to go into all these things, but Paul himself, I think through his writings, showed us that he was incredibly vulnerable. In um, 2 Corinthians 6, 11, he says this, we have spoken freely to you, Corinthians, and opened wide our hearts to you. He talked about a thorn in his side. I wish that he would have been super vulnerable and written of what that thorn was. Wouldn't you like to know that? So many different ideas. And thoughts. But here's what I do know. He shared that he had one. And then he shared what God showed him about that. It's saying, I'm vulnerable. And God came in and corrected me and said, I'm not removing it, but I'm going to use it so that you understand my mercy and my grace in your life. Sometimes you might say something to somebody and they might come along and say, hey, listen, I can't do a single thing about that, but here's what I know to be true. And that truth might just give you the mercy and the grace that you need to get through that thing. Yeah? Okay. There's several different areas where Paul does that. A possible description of what happens when we embrace vulnerability, I think is found in 2 Corinthians chapter three and four. I wasn't even planning to use this, but in my study, I kind of wandered over here and I was like, oh my gosh, this is really good. And I hope it's as good for you as it was for me. But in chapter three, verse 16, but when, whenever anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now the Lord is the spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Okay, when we're talking about living unhindered, we're talking about living in the freedom of God, yes? The insecurities, the fears, those are the things that keep us hindered. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is no hindrance. There is freedom. That's what the word of God teaches us. If you're not free right now, ask yourself why. What is it that's hindering you then? What is it that's not letting you enter into the spirit of God? Verse 18. And we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory we are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. So the goal of this whole thing is that we would become transformed into being more like him, to radiate, to shine more like him. I love that we named this church Shine. My wife got it directly from God, and it was so good. And I remember telling people, and they're like, Shine? But every time I hear in the pastor prayer, everybody, God, help us to shine for you. Help us. I'm like, yeah. Matter of fact, I was thinking, you know, anytime we hear the word shine, if you're not in church, just yell out, shine. And it just, 
Let's see how that goes over. Let's see if we can start a movement. Sorry. I don't know why I get off on these things. Sorry. We are to be transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Chapter 4, verse 1. And just so you know, you know when Paul wrote this, he didn't put chapters and verse numbers, right? And so sometimes we break things off um, and we go to chapter 4 and go, oh, this is a whole new thought. But it's not. It continues on. He says, therefore. So, therefore, we're supposed to radiate the glory of God. We're supposed to become more Christ-like. Therefore, since through God's mercy, we have this ministry. What is the ministry? I would say to shine like God. To shine. We have this calling. We have this ministry to be a light to the world. We do not lose heart. Rather, we have renounced secret and shameful ways. How do we glow? How do we transform ourselves? How do we come, become more Christ-like? We renounce secret and shameful ways. How many of you are super excited about your insecurity? <laughs> I'm not. My fears. Man, I find that my fear and my insecurity, I actually find myself shameful of those things. And it says here that we're supposed to speak those things out. Rather, we have renounced secret and shameful ways. We do not use deception, nor do we distort the word of God. On the contrary, by setting forth the truth plainly, we commend ourselves to everyone's conscience. We commend ourselves to everyone's conscience. Now, I don't, yes, okay, microphone. We, I, I would submit, and as we get the mic, there, Ginger, um, go ahead. So something's really on my heart. Um, can you speak to the difference between conviction and condemnation? Because it's something that keeps like coming up in my heart right now as we're talking. You know, because conviction brings like change, and it's from God. But when we hear voices that aren't from God, it, it condemns and puts us on that shameful path. Okay, if that's on your heart, somebody <laughs> needs to hear this. I, I truly believe that with all my heart. As I'm speaking, somebody, maybe some bodies, as I'm as I'm communicating this message, you feel uh, super guilty and almost con- condemned like, man, I'm not doing these things or I struggle with this or I, I, and that is not of God, okay? It says, those who are in Christ Jesus, there is no condemnation, okay? Now, the sweet conviction of God, the sweet conviction comes in and it pins and pricks our heart. We're like, ooh, ow. But then we're like, yeah, that's probably right. It's Angela 24 hours later going, Maybe there is some insecurity and fear in that. And it's not feeling bad about that, but there's an onus to change and start thinking differently. And so as I'm talking about being transformed into the likeness of Christ by speaking these shameful things out, speaking the things that we struggle with, it's not from a standpoint of condemnation that I want you to do this. It's from a place where you really feel as I'm teaching, or maybe as the Holy Spirit speaks when you're at home, that I need to do this. I need to do this. There's a rightness about what is being said. I don't like it. I don't want to jump out where I feel afraid. But you know what? There's a rightness to this, and I need to step out in that. Do you feel like... And he gives you the power to change. Absolutely. He gives you... Yep. Well, okay, let me, let me keep going because I think it's good. 
I love the fact that you guys are getting where you'll interrupt me. I didn't, I didn't mean to make that funny. I love that. I love it. Yeah. You know why? Because we are practicing how to walk with a relationship with God right here. To have conversation, to open up and just say, God, hey, what's going on? Uh, and, and God's okay with that. You know what? Our Heavenly Father is totally okay with that. Yep. On. There we go. Okay. I, I say, I'm very verbose. I'll try and keep it short. I'll try and offer you an analogy because I feel like I've had that too. A lot of us had. But I'd say in America, we all know that there's a lot of people raised on a really bad diet of processed food, right? Say you reach age 25 and you look at yourself and you go, I think it would be a good idea to change what I eat, right? So there's no sense of, oh, I'm a horrible, terrible, bad, like, I am bad because I was this way. It's kind of just like, yeah, it would make sense to do something different now. And you don't have to stew over, well, well is, is this really the right thing? And it's just kind of like, yep. I'm glad you said that. Can I, can I share? <laughs> I'm going to be vulnerable on Andrew's behalf. I had a conversation with him, and one of the things that we talked about is how, um, and, and we actually did, wouldn't, we had a hard time connecting because I didn't understand this about him, and he didn't understand this about me. But when something comes and convicts him, Instead of him just receiving that and going, oh, okay, I need to think about that differently. Here's how the enemy works in him. Okay, share this. The enemy comes in and goes, oh, if only you would have done this the last 10 years. Oh, if you would have only done this. And man, that's, that's how the enemy totally comes in and takes a message like this and just eats us up. He, he gives us sweet, sweet conviction. We go, okay, yeah, man, these things are true. I should be vulnerable. And man, their healing would come in. And then he'll go, yeah, if only you would have done that 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago. And then you feel worse than you did when you left here or when you came here because he's convinced. Listen, I'm just, even when you have victory, right? You just got, you just received the word. And oh man, you're like, great. Oh, what a wretched person I am because I could have had that so many years before. I, I'm not saying this pridefully, but God has given me an ability to not have that. And that's why we couldn't connect because I'd be like, man, you just said this. Why, don't, why are you struggling with this? And he's like, why aren't you understanding why I have this struggle? Man, what's really cool is we had a really open, vulnerable conversation, the three of us one night. And it was amazing how God just transformed us in the middle of this. Man, it's just so good. So good. Let me finish this and we'll wrap up. On the contrary, by setting forth what truly we commend ourselves to everyone's conscience in the sight of God. And even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. For what we preach is not from ourselves, but Jesus Christ is Lord and ourselves, our, ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For God said, 
Let light shine out of darkness. He made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. But we have this treasure in jars of clay. I just really felt like the Lord was just speaking, you know what? We're all broken. We're all fragile. We're all brittle. Jars of clay, man, they just don't hold up very well. They don't hold up. You drop it even an inch and it'll crack and break. And we have this incredible light. We have this incredible truth that God wants to put in us. But who are we? We're jars of clay. And he wants us to understand, and it goes all the way back to the whole Brene Brown thing. He wants us to understand that if we will embrace this and open up with one another and become vulnerable to one another, that he's gonna use our little jars of clay and we'll all of a sudden become the light that God really wants us to be. And I find it very interesting that the next section of scripture, the next verse actually says this, but we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that his or that all surpassing power is from God. It's from God and not from us. And then he says, we are hard pressed on every side, but not crushed. We're perplexed, but not in despair. We're persecuted, but not abandoned. We're struck down, but we are not destroyed. I put, if vulnerability is practiced regularly, (laughs) if vulnerability is practiced regularly in our lives, then maybe we could be hard pressed, perplexed, persecuted, and struck down and still be okay because we have people around us helping us carry the burden. Man. Here's how I'm gonna end. If you taught this message, what action steps would you tell people to take out of here today? Right here. So the whole thing about transparency not being vulnerability really like hit me pretty bad because a lot of times I'll hide my sins in plain sight. Like, oh, we've all been there. Listen to all the things that I do, blah, 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 blah. And that's me thinking, oh, I've totally been vulnerable now. So what action steps actually would you, would going, you tell other people? If you are a person who shares the things that you're struggling with, share until it really hurts what you've shared. Like, and everybody said, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I didn't get too many amens on that. But your recommendation, your action point is to share with others yep. until it hurts. Until it's like, I can't, I, I don't know if I can walk away from this encounter. Okay, just so you Almost. know, that's Mason Greaser. I didn't do that. That was his idea. But I think it's a good one. He's totally lying. I think he it's a good one. In the audience. Yeah. <laughs> no, okay, I got one in the back, Ryan. Yep. I think something that's just been speaking to me over and over from, from God is to, to do it in an environment that's safe. Because you can blow up a part of your life if you be vulnerable with the wrong person. And, and we as Christians, I, I believe, can be, that's why I think so much of the secular world can say some tough things about Christians is because, because we're, a lot of us have been very guilty in the past of beating each other over the head with a cross when when I'm, your cro- when when your sin is worse than mine I'm so glad that you so I'm going to interrupt you because in the office when we were talking Janet um Sesmat said hey 
make sure you address, and I totally forgot, and I'm glad you did because this reminded me. Listen, I understand what I'm asking you to do for some of you who have been hurt. You're like, no way, no way. I have been, you don't know, Pastor, how brutally hurt I have been. And I would submit to you, I understand that you've been hurt. I don't know what you went through. But what this word is saying is that God wants you to trust him as you move and step into it again, if that makes sense. Not into a, it has to be a safe situation, absolutely. Maybe you're a little more guarded about who you're vulnerable with, but some people would use a past experience to say, nope, I'm not doing this. And you miss out on the fullness of what God has for you. And I would encourage you, find safe people, but to step out in this. Okay, well, I know we had another one over here. Right here, right here, DJ. Oh, let's come front, up front here. I was just going to say uh, to be aware of opportunities to invest um, in fellowship. And, and because you started that way, your, your, your message started with that, and I think that's the foundation. Because you can't be in a position to be vulnerable or be available to someone like that until you've invested that time. So just kind of be, when, when opportunities... Um, that's just from my experience. Invest in the fellowship. Invest in the relationship. Yeah, it just takes time. Yeah, it, it, it does take time. And, and, and I've taught a message back, and I don't have time to go into it, but it does. It takes time. But I do want you to know that the reason we spend three, four, five, six, seven minutes in greeting time is because it can start to spark a relationship where then you go, hey, let's go to lunch this week or let's go to dinner or let's do something. And that can spark the start of a relationship. And uh, too often people come into church and then they leave and they never have even a chance to do that. That's why we do that. That's why we're so intentional about that. Yes. To piggyback on what this gentleman was saying, not just being safe, vulnerable, safe, but with the right people not just safe, but I was choosing safe, more secular friends because they would just almost encourage the sin. And it was safe Ooh. for me because I didn't have to be, I didn't have to change. Dang. I didn't have to get better. And so I, sorry, Jewel, but I picked a couple friends this last week. <laughs> that are not only safe for me as a person, but they're going to spur me on to be a better version of me. Wow, I love that. Be vulnerable. Be vulnerable with people that are going to challenge you in the word of God, not encourage you in your missing the mark. Hey, I missed the mark. Oh, yeah, well, you should shoot over here. Okay. <laughs> that doesn't help anybody. It doesn't help anybody. Man, that's good. Yep, right here, right if you have to go, totally understand. <laughs> Probably don't want to, but totally get it. I would say like the first very action step would be to be fully, fully vulnerable with the Lord first inside before you can be vulnerable to the people outside. Great action point. This week, hey, how about asking God what areas he wants you to be vulnerable with him this week? And let that be the starting point of this. Love that. I would say I agree about being vulnerable with people first in safety and practice. But I got to say through my journey, which has been really tough at times, God built, built strength and confidence to me in a person, as a person and as his child 
And um, I can be vulnerable out in public with my story when I feel like the Holy Spirit tells me to. And it has just been a wonderful time to witness to people. And people would look at me and say, wow, you understand. So here's what comes to mind as you're saying that. Um, I think you get with God and ask him. Then you step out with one or two others and start becoming vulnerable there. And then what you might find yourself doing is being in front of a group of people and actually sharing very vulnerable stuff in your life where some people might criticize you and might actually, look, even in how I'm doing this right now, I wrestled with the thought, are people going to think, what are they going to think about how I'm doing this? Man, it's, you got to be open to being able to do that, but you don't just go from hearing this message to then coming up and at least most people don't. (laughs) I'm sure there's some people that can. Okay, right here. Two more and we'll wrap up. So not necessarily for the people as they're looking at themselves to be vulnerable, but for everyone else in the church. When someone is coming to you to be vulnerable, make sure that you are in a spot where you can receive them with the grace and mercy of God as you get ready to instruct them. You know, that's tying in with what was said before and finding safe people. You know, we want to be able to correct and to instruct and to encourage, but much like Christ receives us even in our sin and catches us and then puts us on the path, we need to have that same mercy for the people that are coming to us to be vulnerable. I love this church. I'm telling you, that's really, really good. Um, we, here's how I would say it. Same thing you're saying, but extend the grace to others that you would want to receive. Man, it's amazing how when we become vulnerable, we're hoping people will rally around us and love us and, you know, hey, it's okay. We're going to lead you into this. But then when somebody is vulnerable to, or we, somebody is vulnerable to us, we're like, hey, you know what the word of God says? Well, bam, well, bam. I, man, do we want that? No. That doesn't mean we walk away from love and truth. We, we speak truth in love. But man, be gentle. It says in the word of God that we're supposed to gentle, gently restore one another when we're missing the mark. Yeah, that's good. So this hit me this week. I got some words from my best friend and it said something like, um, just because you, got, you might not follow biblical standards doesn't mean your seat at the church has been revoked. We are all equally messy people and the entire reason Jesus died for us was so we can be flawed and still have a seat at his table. There's not a single one of us that is perfect. Absolutely, not a single one of us. But my question, my question to you is are you willing to put down your agenda in order to pick up his? Are you willing to put down your agenda to pick up his? And it really is the difference between transparency and vulnerability. Because we live in a world, to be honest with you, that is getting more and more transparent. But they're not vulnerable. They're not willing to put down their agenda and pick up God's and say, God, and you're absolutely right. Every one of us is flawed. There's absolutely, every single one of us has issues. But God, help us to not put our issue above your word. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the fact that, God, you use us to help one another grow in our maturity with you. And Lord, I pray that you would just come in and, and uh, 
God, I pray just with my entire heart. God, if there was anything that was not from you, may we forget it before we leave this room. But God, the things that were led by your spirit and the things that you truly want us to embrace and, and, and take on, God, I pray that every single person would have that sweet conviction from your Holy Spirit. Not condemnation, not guilt. I don't want anyone in this room to walk out of here with condemnation or guilt. But Lord, I do want every single person in here to walk out of here changed. And so Lord, as we just, just concluded, God, help us to take these action steps that people said. And God, help us to apply the ones that, that you're speaking to us. And ultimately, Lord, help us again to put our agenda, our idea, our, our thought of how things should be and God, help us to replace it with what you say. And God, teach us what that is. And Lord, we pray these things in your name. Amen.